Now, who's the running back to own in Seattle? Which sleeper wide receiver is being selected way too low in the AFC North? And what your running back is in for a huge bounce back season in the AFC? Plus, the reigning champ in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, R.A. Marino, was going to join us to discuss Brees Hall, Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper Cup, and so much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. The pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Thank you so much, Rob. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Mr. Farrell Elliott, coming up on tonight's show. We're going to make you aware of our thoughts on Cowboys running back Tony, uh, Tony Pollard. And by the way, just... Really, the, the whole Cowboys backfield as well tonight. We're going to get into that. Really been uh, avoiding it the last few months, but I think we can't avoid it anymore, so we'll talk about that tonight. Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville catching passes for Trevor Lawrence and uh, and much more than that, plus the 2022, the defending champion of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, R.A. Marino, is going to drop by to talk about his thoughts on the Eagles backfield. Uh, Kyle Pitts this season and so much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFFR at Eric Ballman and always learn more about Farrell Elliott's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, which I'm playing in this year. Once again, at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and, our course, uh, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Hey, if you are not aware, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you are getting in. If you only play in two contests all year, here's the two that you want to get into. The FFPC main event which is a $1 million grand prize, features a $1 million grand prize uh, to get in on that. Uh, and those live drafts and slow drafts are still going on right now. So we encourage you to do that second consecutive year that we've offered a $1 million grand prize in that contest and a $1 million uh, grand prize for the first time ever in the Fantasy Pros uh, Championship. Fantasy Pros Championship, myffpc.com, just $350 to register for that, and you can win a $1 million grand prize. Pretty crazy that you can turn your $350 into $1 million. And by the way, you won't be waiting, <clears throat> excuse me, you won't be waiting on drafts long in that. You can register for that. Um, we have drafts going on tonight. In fact, I should bring that up right now because I'm commissioning at least the midnight draft. We'll see what else happens tonight. But I'm commissioning some drafts tonight, um, and uh, I would encourage you to sign up for that because uh, we're going to be popping off drafts probably at midnight maybe at 12.30, maybe even at 1 a.m. tonight. It all depends on how the signups go. So I'm going to push that tonight because uh, if we fill the midnight, we're going to fill some more drafts tonight 
for all you West Coasters that are tuning in. Uh, you're going to be able to draft tonight for $1 million. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's at myffpc.com. The only other thing I want to tell you, in addition to the best ball tournaments that we have going on at myffpc.com, the Dynasty Leagues we have going on at myffpc.com, we have some KFFSC main events going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the Cincinnati Leagues, and I'll bring Farrell on to talk about this, the Cincinnati Live Leagues, which are going on on Sunday, they're already full. I'm sorry you missed the boat. We, we, we tried to tell you to sign up for those. They're all full right now. But don't worry because there's still some live events going on in Louisville, and we got some online ones going on at kffsc.com. In fact, a couple of slow drafts that are close to filling, as well as the draft tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time, the curl route, where you can win the KFFSC main event, win your way into the FFPC main event uh, next year when you register for this. Five, uh, beg your pardon, seven open spots available in that, and that's going off uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the KFFSC, can't imagine a better way to spend your Saturday night than drafting in the KFFSC main event, right? Yeah, maybe by then I would have learned how to operate this phone. How are you, Balky? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing excellent. Yeah. Glad to see you tonight. And, you know, the best part about this show is, like, this is, like, obviously R.A. Marino is going to come on uh, oh, yeah. tonight. We're going to talk with him about how he won the KFFSC main event last year. We're going to talk about how he's going to try to repeat and then not only repeat the KFFSC main, but also win the FFPC main event this year as well. So we're going to talk with him shortly. But this is always fun because one week from today, I'll be hanging out with you in gorgeous Louisville, Kentucky at the KFFSC live events. Cannot wait for it. I say it again, and, and and I don't know if people believe me or not, but I'm dead serious when I say it. This is literally the highlight of my year. I commission a lot of online drafts. I do a lot of stuff for the FFPC. I got two other jobs that I'm doing as well. But once Louisville rolls around that final weekend of August, I, I am absolutely in love with my life, and I can't wait to see everybody there and draft live at the KFFSC live events. It's bulky time, and you know it wouldn't be anywhere near the event it was supposed to be if 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 you weren't there. Now, bulky, if you go to the chat room tonight, we can already see that KFFSC veteran uh, Kevin Williamson guy has the best trophy case in America. Yeah, uh, is saying nice things. Kevin always starts saying nice things about two weeks before the draft. Rather fifty weeks of the year, it's kind of a crapshoot, but you know it's it's good stuff. And and. Uh, you know, we got a real gentleman coming on. It, it, I, it's always fascinating for me as we we go down to main event weekend at the leaderboard. It's constantly changing, and and we we move into the final weeks of the season. And you're when I saw that Ra Marino was at the top, I, I was very pleased because he is uh, the kind of champion that a league would want. So I, I'm very very proud to have him in the league, and glad he's going to be with us tonight. Yeah, he's going to join us in about eight minutes tonight, talk about how he won that main event title uh, this past year. And wouldn't it be great if he is the first KFFSC main event champion to win the FFPC main event and the million-dollar uh, grand prize that goes with it the following year? Very excited to talk with him about that. A lot of comments on the hair tonight. Ron Meyer, of course, Tupacker, uh, who I believe will be in Louisville, right, Farrell? Next weekend, Tupacker is not committed yet. He has many obligations association associated with educating his young daughter. Yeah, but when, when he does, if he is unable to join us live, he will do what I ask all the listeners to do: is uh, dip your uh, proverbial beak in the KFFSC and uh, play a couple teams starting uh, tomorrow night with the curl route, Balky. Thanks for yep. that lead-in. The yep. curl route needs seven. We want to have it, and so please. Uh, Jump in and, and take a shot. 
Yeah, that's the next one to fill, and, and I would encourage you to do that. I just drafted online with the KFFSC uh, main event, and I was very excited about my team, and that probably means it's going to stink. But as far as my, my draft goes, I was really happy with it, how it went, and I'm excited to go up against the best of the best in the Kentucky in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. And by the way, sort of the warm-up to the FFPC, a ton of FFPC high-stakes players play in the KFFSC. So if you want to get – um, you know, dialed in to, to your fantasy leagues. Uh, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship is a great way to do it right now. Uh, uh, Ron Meyer already saying that you have the sexiest hair on YouTube, Farrell. And then John Terry, uh, he says, it's nice to see your hair with my beard tonight. And I can't, I, I'm, I don't want to like lock myself into this, but I'm pretty sure this is the last night that I will have this beard. Monkey, we, you got, you, there's been promises made and uh, expectations that you will keep those promises to bring the yeah. beer to Kentucky. And um, th there's no reason that, that the beer can't travel. There is a there's a really good chance, I will say, depending upon how my appointment falls with a woman that was recommended to me about grooming a beard along with a hairstyle. Uh, there's a very good chance that portions of this beard will remain as I come to Louisville here on, on Friday. Uh, and we will broadcast live uh, on Friday as well. And I'll tell you who the co-host is for that coming up at the end of the show. Before we get to that, let's get into what's going on in, in uh, fantasy football in the FFPC and KFFSC. Pro Football Talk has reported that Ken Walker resumed practicing in full for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, back, think about this three weeks ago. Um, Ken Walker's injury was not going to be significant with his groin tweak, uh, and Zach Charbonnet was going to be out indefinitely with his shoulder. Fast forward to now, and Zach Charbonnet has already been practicing for the last couple of weeks, and Ken Walker's been the guy who just joined today. Um, you look at uh, Ken Walker, and, and I'll bring this up, FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joes, a guy, anytime we cite ADP on this program, it goes to FantasyMojo.com. I would highly recommend that you are subscribing to uh, uh, FantasyMojo if you have an FFPC account. It makes things a lot easier and a lot more fun. Kenneth Walker has moved up to running back 17 in the mid-fifth round, Farrell. He's moved ahead of guys like Alexander Madison, James Cook, Rashad White, and Javante Williams. You on board with Ken Walker now that he's practicing in the mid-fifth round as the running back 17 right now? Have been on board with Ken Walker since July of uh, 2022, if not earlier. And there's mm -hmm. no reason that uh, after his first year. We talked about him. Uh, we know what he's going to do. We, we know what he's probably not going to do, which is catch the ball. Uh, I think we've exhausted it on previous shows, but both these guys are visual equals of each other who play much differently, which you, you can assume that this is going to be a 60-40 uh, playtime split with the rookie uh, getting most of the pass-catching opportunities. And and I think that's the, the way it's going to go. And for me, like in the mid-fifth, and I know, Farrell, you've weighed in on this, but especially if you start off with – not necessarily zero RB, but if you start off with a couple of receivers, maybe an elite quarterback and an elite tight end, and Kenneth Walker is your first running back at the 505, you I think you're doing it right. You're doing yes. it very right there. And and that's probably a, a start that I'll be doing in Kentucky next weekend, too. I'm very excited about that. Mark Caboli, who uh, covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for The Athletic, said that George Pickens has, quote, transformed into a more polished receiver with an expanded route tree, end quote. Now, as our good friends at Roto World point out, um, Kaboli actually is very positive, usually very positive about the Pittsburgh Steelers when he covers them. But the Pickens report, quote, again from Kaboli, quote, he's no longer just a deep ball or highlight catch guy 
like we saw in camp and last season. Uh, he said that Pickens is one of the biggest winners of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp so far. And uh, George Pickens right now, as I look at the FFPC main event uh, ADP, George Pickens wide receiver 33 at um, the 702 right now behind Smith and Jigba and Lockett, but ahead of Evans, Marquise Brown, and Michael Pittman. Okay, let's talk about the incomparable George Pickens here, Farrell. He got a lot of rave reviews last year. Um, I don't know if he lived up to him based on where he ended up going in KFFSC, but when you look at him this year, that you can get him in the early seventh round, again, of the FFPC main event as the 33rd receiver off the board, is this a spot you want to be in business with, with George Pickens? Yes, um, and, and it's difficult for me sometimes to draft him um, in front of Pittman. However, I just did it with playing partner, uh, good friend Trevor Holt uh, on a FFPC team, and uh, I like the way the team is coming together. Uh, Pickens is an elite athlete with the maturation level, from last year, he's got a lot more opportunity at the end zone. I think it was only three touchdowns, Balky, and that's what held his fantasy production back. Um, you're going to see some type of jump this year, and you're going to see the opportunity for bigger games because of their expectations of what he is. When we had receivers lined up last year as far as the rookies and the early, maybe second-year guys, we, we thought that Olave was the – most prepared, most NFL ready. At least I did. I'll stand by that. But Pickens yep. wasn't far behind. And he's a quick study, and he's a young player who's going to continue to get better. If you can get in business with Pickens, I think we ended up in the sixth round with Pickens. Um, I think you'll be very happy with doing so. You know, the other thing to keep in mind with Pickens is, you know, we talked about rookie receivers last year. Where would Pickens have been had he was, you know, had he not been coming off that ACL tear with Georgia, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, he would have been much higher in drafts. And then we always talk about, and we'll probably get into this later on in the show too, um, a lot of times with receivers, running backs, tight ends, what have you, when you have a tight end or receiver or running back that is coming off the ACL that first year, it kind of lets you down, right? He doesn't, he, the, the player usually does not fulfill uh, the standards that you were expecting with him. Well, Pickens, we had his standards lower last year, right? Because of the ACL and he still performed and he still looked really good. Now he's got that bad year off the ACL behind him. And so now you look at George Pickens coming into year two after that, and year two in the NFL, and, and the year coming off the ACL, wide receiver 33 at the 702. I think more often than not, you should be looking at this guy in drafts because of the upside that he represents, especially when you're going for a $1 million grand prize in either the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship. The last thing I want to get to with you, Farrell, before we turn it over to the defending champion in the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, State Championship main event, R.A. Marino, I want to bring up the Cowboys running back situation. Okay. John Mashoda, who covers the Cowboys for the Athletic, when he was making his early, again, this is after one preseason week, he is making his 53-man roster projection. <laughs> he left Malik Davis off the roster. Malik Davis, who was being drafted late, in a lot of FFPC drafts, the FFPC main event, Fantasy Pros Championship, what have you, um, which would and and, I, and and while that's compelling enough, I think the more compelling part is if the Cowboys were to leave Davis off the roster, they are left with Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdell, and Deuce Vaughn, a guy that I am probably literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I think I might be twice the size of him. Okay? <laughs> they'd be the they'd be the only three running backs on the roster. Deuce Vaughn 
in the preseason opener against the Jags, eight carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, that's very good. Dowdell is probably the biggest guy of the three. I think mm-hmm. he goes about 5'8", 220, something like that. My, my, here's my point of contention here, and this is what I think makes it more compelling for high-stakes players. If you're leaving the roster with Pollard, Dowdell, and Vaughn, Pollard is the stud there, right? Like, there is no Ezekiel Elliott. There is no Leonard Fournette. There is no, like, second guy off there that, that is going to be taking pressure off of Tony Pollard. It is Tony Pollard's backfield. And if that's the case, Farrell, we have heard Dave Tripoli talk about on this on these airwaves the last couple of years that Pollard should be in contention for the 101. Now we look at this se- at this season in 2023. If there's no banger, if there's no in between the tackles guy, and Pollard is the lead guy, is Pollard actually being underdrafted at the 204? Is he being underdrafted as the sixth running back off the board in the FFPC main event? Your thoughts on the Cowboys running back situation if Malik Davis inevitably does not make it onto this 53-man roster? I think Malik making it or not making it doesn't have an effect uh, in that situation. We, we could probably see – um, another back joining this cowboy backfield, if maybe not for week one, further along. Um, you, know, you know, Deuce Vaughn is a favorite of this team. He's he's a gizmo player. Uh, uh, there was a receiver uh, out of East Carolina that played in the Canadian Football League to great effect, known as Gizmo Williams. So everyone says you you want to find a gizmo, and he's certainly he certainly re- resembles Gizmo from many many years back. Um, it, it, Pollard, um, no, you should continue to draft him where he's being drafted because I think that's about it. That body will only stand so much. Um, the, the ability for him to get between the tackles uh, and run inside will depend on what the offensive line can do for uh, at the Dallas Cowboys for him. Pollard's in, a, in for a beautiful year, but I think he'll basically end up where he is. He's, he's uh, I, I still say he'll be short of Austin Eckler. If you want to believe he's Austin Eckler, you can go ahead and draft him. And Eckler basically is going right now uh, in the FFPC main event as running back number two at the 107. If you wait, you can get Pollard at the running back six at the 204 behind Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and Nick Chubb. That is where we are standing. On the Cowboys running back situation, again, more to unfold, especially next week when we broadcast live at Caesars in southern Indiana for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Uh, myself and a special guest co-host that I will mention at the end of the program tonight. Uh, Let's bring in tonight's guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen, KFFS official. He was always unofficial royalty before in the KFFSC. Now he is minted. He is official KFFSC royalty. He's been crushing it in high-stakes fantasy football leagues for a year, culminating in his five-figure win in the 2022 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event. He's here tonight not only to discuss that win, but the prospects that he is focusing on in trying to win a million dollars in the FFPC main event. Please welcome in the champ himself, Mr. R.A. Marino. R.A., welcome to the program, man. Hey, thank you, Bucky. Thank you, Farrell. We're, we're excited to have you on tonight. Number one, 
congratulations. I'm going to ask you a ton about uh, what it was like winning this uh, last year. But welcome into the show tonight. Thanks for doing it with us. Sure. When you were watching, and obviously we know how the, the, the Bills and Bengals game ended last year. But yeah. when you were, sort of take us through the championship round, right? As, as you were marching up uh, the, the leaderboard and, and, and uh, taking over the lead. And then watching how that Monday night game went, forth, uh, went back and forth. Can you tell us a little bit about the emotions and, and how you were watching that game? You know, I can. I do remember, and uh, I hate to be cliche and say it was surreal, but I had already been, like, really cool with the fact that I was going to grab a top five and earn a, uh, you know, a ticket to the main event. So I was I was stoked, right? I was, mm-hmm. was going to be, I mean, this is just the way it is. I was going to finish second, and I was, you know, I was actually passively watching the game. Right. There was no reason to get engrossed in it because mm-hmm. I had a I am just going off top of mind here, some sort of like 14 point lead over a Josh Allen team. And I'm like, I am not going to put myself through this. Right. You, you know, what I mean? I'm going to I'm going to go waiting to be supplanted. Right? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, finish around the golf late and come in in the second quarter, see that it's already 21, 20 ball game. And, you know, and literally I turned on the game minutes before the, you know, tragic, unfortunate circumstances that took place there. And um, it was just like anybody, I'm just watching it, wondering what is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Is he okay? Right. Is DeMar Hamlin going to be okay? This is so, you know, and quite frankly, just didn't even think about it for, you know, like most people, I'm sure for a few days, and then it started kind of crystallizing. And I think it was the FFPC that really, sort of made the first move if you will in the in the ecosystem of it's a final right Mm -hmm. if i recall and that was when it started like wow that's it huh (laughs) i think i (laughs) by thursday we knew and and um all right you know you're looking very well my friend uh uh, bonky uh i think ra's got one of those benjamin button things going on you know yeah a few years in a few years, you're going to be so youthful, you're not going to be able to get into the casino without several forms of validation about your age. But, you know, um, yeah, don't well, tell people tell about this guy. Uh, <laughs> We're not. We'll keep the age a secret tonight. Yeah, the, yeah. the fact Thank that you. Ari Marino is actually 177, we will not reveal <laughs> on the show tonight. I promise you. It's I not going to happen. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, through those years that he's been here, he's, he's gained a lot of wisdom too. And, and he's, and what I was so impressed with after the intolerable acts foisted on us by the um, by the unfortunate situation with Demar Hamlin and and the four days we took to figure this out, uh, Ra it, it 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 deemed on him to decide and in the spirit and the the, the recognition of a grateful and humble champion uh, he. Uh, took part of his winnings and ceded it to the number two team. And a lot of people can talk about doing things like that. RA did it, you know, and it's just, it's just kind of uh, it's commentary about the kind of people we have in our room. The first amongst them, uh, RA Marino. And I, I'm thrilled, buddy. And, you know, the, this is one of the few shows with you coming on that we actually get the props out. We actually have, oh, look at that. We actually look have a prop that. waiting for you with, you know, so this will be, a little tease for you for what is uh, what is forthcoming. But Boggy's probably got a bunch of questions for you where you can share some of your knowledge to 
to us lesser humans that can just can try to figure out 2022. <laughs> well, before before we get into that, I, I do want to ask you, all right, like when you're not winning the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, what are you doing for a living? I have been in basically the high tech industry my whole entire, you know, professional career. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, college and- track and then just uh in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley company since late 90s. So, you know, obviously you can do the math there, greater than 20 years and just working in Bay Area, Silicon Valley companies. Good for you. And and obviously that allows you a lot of time to, to not only draft, but plot for drafting winning teams too, right? <laughs> it allows no time for that, Balky. <laughs> 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 what it, what it well, usually, you do all right you do all right you what it right. usually allows for is being yelled at at midnight to get to bed <laughs> typically what it allows for so um you know what's you know what's funny you bring that up my uncle my my father's brother at my father grew up in milwaukee wisconsin and his brother um actually uh moved out to um he lives in saratoga now but he was always yeah working he worked for microsoft he basically left and this was back in like the 70s or 80s or whatever he moved out to silicon valley before it was a thing or whatever um and he moved out there and i know how like uh, how taxing his life was you know like growing up through and, and working through all this stuff even like and he just retired you know probably like i don't know what it was seven or eight years ago something like that or whatever so i i know what it's like well i don't know personally but i know what he's told me what it's like and and so congratulations not only making it through that gauntlet but making it through the gauntlet of the KFFSC main event. I cannot wait. And and I'll tell you this, Ari. I feel like of all the years you've been coming to Louisville, you and I have only had like maybe a handful of conversations, and the majority of those conversations took place in 2022. So I'm hoping that I have rubbed the the, the veritable genie in a bottle last year, uh, of course, verbally speaking as well, that I talked, I picked the brain, of the guy who won the 2022 main event, and hopefully that rubs off on me this year. I don't know if it's going to happen, but but I was glad to see you win last year Listen, based on all the conversations we had last year. Anybody listening who plays, anybody listening is, first of all, foremost, they love it. So they're listening. They play. Yeah. In, they, know the, they know the racket, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You get hot with random players, and all of a sudden you look like a genius. So it's... <laughs> Well, okay. Now, if you can answer this question in the dog days of August, because you say you're getting called to bed at midnight, here's a question that's keeping fantasy players up at night, and and I need some direction on it because I've I haven't pulled the trigger in the right way in this situation. So you talk, you know, we're not throwing you any easy ones, all right. So here we go. Dalvin Cook is now a New York Jet joining. Uh, uh, the jettisoned uh, Packers uh, there in New York to make a run for the Super Bowl. That He joins uh, Brees Hall in the backfield. Hall's going in the late fourth round. I would like to know if Hall deserves a fourth-round pick now that he's teammates with Dalvin Cook. And that being said, where would you pull the trigger on Dalvin Cook, which I think, and Balky will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think is a, is a mid-seventh, eighth-round pick. Balky, am I right about that, or is he moving up a little bit? I'm looking at the mojo right now. I think you are right. Um, officially, according uh, to uh, to uh, Darren Armani, uh, he's actually slipped a little bit. Uh, again, this is main event, so we don't. If this is not as big of a sample size as the Fantasy Pro Championship, mm-hmm. but 802 
is his wow. uh, latest ADP over the last five days. Dalvin Cook running back 31 right now. That's in the Swift, Pacheco, Khalil Herbert range. All right, straighten this mystery out. What are you going to do with these guys? Um, what am I going to do? What well, are you going to do? <laughs> Cook, I got to think about. Uh, hmm. Brees Hall, you know, fourth round. I don't know who said this. I think it was Overzet was talking about some data for a main event for the old, you know, the old days of six week pop, right? When you drafted <laughs> right. somebody taking a zero for six weeks and what was gotcha. the imp impact on the advance rates. And I uh, listened very closely knowing I'm going to be drafting here in a kind of three weeks. So, and even a fourth rounder taking a zero for six weeks. Now we know that Brees Hall may not sit for six weeks, but it just gives context. The impact of not having any production for six weeks was huge on your advance rate mm -hmm. to the, the, you know, the playoff, if you will. So I am in no position against that caliber of drafters to be dicking around with Brees Hall <laughs> in the fourth. So you can count me out on taking, even if it's a zero for four weeks, I'll yeah. find somebody else. So availability easy, is easy the decision. greatest ability, RA. Yeah, your your ability, yeah. What about, um, you know, and I think that was obviously a huge topic over the last week in high-stakes fantasy football, but another one, and it happened on the same day, Ezekiel Elliott ends up signing with New England RA, um, and Ramondre Stevenson has slipped a little bit. He slipped more in the main event than he has in the Fantasy Pros Championship, but you're looking at Ramondre Stevenson as running back 10, now down to the 309. So there's nine running backs going in front of him. You can get him as a late third-round pick. Obviously, he's contending for goal line, which we saw Ezekiel Elliott taking some goal line touches away from Ramondre Stevenson shortly after he signed in New England. How has the Elliott uh, signing in New England, how does that impact the way you think about Ramondre Stevenson in the late third round this season? Yeah, you know, so it's interesting, right, because I have an 11 pick on one of the two drafts I'm doing. So – it's not that I'm, say, anti-Ramondre Stevenson now because Zeke signed, right? They were, it was clear they were going to sign somebody, right? And if you really mm -hmm. dig deep into B-Rider stuff, it looks like it was as much a function of, well, no, first of all, the myth of anybody playing 92% of the snaps is crazy, right? I mean, 80% snap share for a running back, that is beyond workhorse level snap share. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if Ramondre was, if it was a two-thirds, one-third split, you you shouldn't even be concerned, right? If he's going to get reasonable work. Now, where the concern would be with Stevenson is there's two. They're signing a running back clearly to be able to punch it in from the two-yard line. So, the the Fournette Zeke thing was not by accident, right? Mm -hmm. They know how incredibly inefficient he was inside the five. I mean, even even the 1960s Patriots brass who doesn't believe in advanced analytics can figure that one out. So they looked at the two obvious guys who can punch it in from the two or the one, and they picked the one that I think they picked Zeke because he's more washed than Fournette. But what they got in Zeke was a guy who absolutely can pass block on pick up the blitz. Mm. One thing he could do, I'm a Cowboy fan, so I can assure you that one thing he could do other than get two yards on a run was he could spot the blitz and he would lay the guy out mm -hmm. a safety. So I think for the Patriots, it was, yeah, we don't trust strong to do that right now. That's clear. So they got the guy. So I'm not so much concerned about what Zeke's going to take or, you know, how much away from him, but 
but you have to be concerned if Stevenson's never going to get a goal line touch that adds up, right? So that has to be your number one concern is he's never going to fall in the end zone and have a big game. That's kind of a problem, right? So I'm on the fence with Stevenson. I'm probably targeting somebody else at 311. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm supposed to give all this away, Balky. Yes, you are. Me, you absolutely tell me to are. shut up. If no, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to shut up. Listen, here's the thing. All right, you are wearing the crown, the Kentucky crown that is full of horses and bourbon right now in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. You are you are wearing that uh, very well, and you're going to expel your guts tonight as best. No, while you're drinking your bourbon, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. (laughs) All right, all right, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. I get it. Um, Let me, as long as I know that you're, which I don't think I knew that you're a Cowboys fan. I want to touch on something that we brought up right before we brought on. The fact that John Machado, who covers the Cowboys for the Athletic, has left Malik Davis off his final 53-man roster projection. Again, it's one person. It's one guy's thoughts. It's very early in the preseason. But how does that affect the way that you draft guys like Tony Pollard? And then you think about the guy behind the guy, whether it's Dowdell or, or, or Deuce Vaughn there. How does, you know, knowing this, how does that change the way that you draft the Cowboys running backs? And how much of an impact, quite frankly, does this have at all on the way you view the Dallas backfield? It's 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 odd if it plays out that way, and it's hard not to get a little more excited about Pollard's or potential workload. I think that's obvious. I th- and then the third factor there is, it's just it's just inertia. I mean, they they the Deuce Vaughn thing is out of control in Dallas, right? So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, if they were to leave Malik Davis, who was very serviceable as a as a back up there last year you know he was he was reasonably decent and if that played out i mean they had that means they have every intention of rolling deuce vaughn out there in a lot of third down packages that's just all there is to it and then they think that's enough of a rest for pollard and i think they might hey you, you know uh kevin williamson is weighing in tonight balky all over all over our uh chat mm-hmm. and and he he's in here saying he has a question R.A. is coming to Kentucky, question mark. Well, certainly he's coming to Kentucky, uh, Kevin, and he'll spend more time there than you. He's, he comes from the Oregon <laughs> Territory. He's got to change three planes to get there, fly all day, fly the next day home. You live on Bardstown Road. He's coming to play more time and spend more time there than you. So there's teams still available, Kevin, is all I'm saying. If you want to be like, hey, I need that. Uh, I need that four-hour flight just to figure out third-round reversal fare. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> All right. Okay, I shouldn't be laughing at that. That's that's and, oh, and three wide receivers. But and here's something you've got to figure out. Uh, yeah, there's a guy called. Yeah, I feel calls from all the fancy players. You know that that want to give me a call and want to talk fancy football. And a guy calls me up the other day and, he, and he's asking for a, advice. And he says, who would you draft out of these guys? And Hopkins was in the mix. I said, I would draft Hopkins. And he said, oh, I don't want to draft Hopkins. He's old. And I said, you called for advice, not debate. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wish that um, I wish that we had Dave Turp in the, uh, in, in the, uh, chat room because he would want to as soon as you said ezekiel elliott uh, he would have interrupted you with a lot of uh, profane commentary about but anyway let's move on here's a guy everybody can agree about being an asset to them in fantasy football cooper cup but like the guy talking about hopkins 
Have we gone a little long? Do the Rams ask too much from this player? Is he physically able to answer? He's got injuries that won't heal. They're troublesome. He's, uh, hamstring makes you think, well, this is not the second or third receiver off the board. Maybe I should pass on him. Your thoughts about Cooper Cup in a uh, draft where usually seven or eight wide receivers go in the first round? Um, yeah, I can't quit Cup. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a buyer. And, you know, I guess Hammy, you know, I just, I just, I just trust Cup, and I, and the, the ankle injury even last season was kind of just a freaky thing, and then they shut him down because the Rams are toast anyway. So I, yeah. I don't even get all caught up in that. So I'm in. I'm a buyer. In fact, in you know, not to talk about my teams, I sound like somebody at a you know bar talking about their fantasy team now. <laughs> but I'm I have a six six pick in the other main event draft, bulky. So I'm just basically I'm fine with taking. If between Hill and Cup, if whichever yeah. falls to me, so to speak, you know, barring the, the you know the the random somebody takes Tyreek at three or something, but you know, I'm just saying if it goes as scripted, I'm okay with Cup or Hill. Whichever one is at six, I'm almost certainly probably going to take the receiver over Eckler. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's that's important to keep in mind too, because if you're good with Hill or Cup, you're going to get one of those guys. And if yeah. both those guys are taken, that means Chase fell to you. That yeah, means McCaffrey right. fell to you. That might, might mean Kelsey fell to you. You know, which yeah. which yeah, I, I don't think. Come on, I'm Chase just telling falling you, the six like, would be incredible. Stuff, yeah, stuff has happened. I, I commissioned a fantasy pros championship draft uh, Saturday morning, last Saturday morning, 101. Bijan Robinson through the first round into disarray. Stuff like this happens. It happens. We'll see what happens uh, going forward with your drafts, R.A. Um, speaking of uh, crazy stuff here, Calvin Ridley, after about a year and a half, is not only back in the NFL, but he is back with a new team, and he is back being drafted at, I believe, the 303, I want to say. Yeah, 303, wide receiver 15. Anybody, uh, R.A., who drafts Calvin Ridley there this year, what kind of an impact do you think he's going to make? Is that a smart draft choice for you, or is this a guy that you'd be looking at, okay, well, he's got to fall further than that. I'm not interested in him. How do you feel about Calvin Ridley? I mean, I love the talent. He's legit. I mean, he's – he's and he's, I expect him to be fine. See, that's the thing. Most people, I think, are Calvin Ridley. You have to have this strong stance, right? Now, mm-hmm. steamed up to 3-2, I think you probably do have to have a strong stance if you're going to take him at 26 or something. Um, but I actually think in that offense, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that simple. Peterson's going to figure it out. And I think he's going to be fine. I don't think – you know, the layoff, will he be slow out of the gate? We'll all find out, right? But I think the biggest thing to me is it, it, very cliche. You're drafting him at his ceiling, right? Mm. And that is a byproduct of the offense, and everybody's going to get fed in that offense. I mean, Is he the leading receiver at Jacksonville? I mean, in, in the end of the year, I think he will be. Yeah. But I don't think that is going to be, you know, his wide receiver, whatever it is, 15 roughly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I don't – I think that's fine. And even drafting, if I get that production, if that's your, you know, philosophy slash strategy at that point, early third, then yeah, then it fits your structure, right? I think if it was me, because of the almost two-year layoff, I'm probably not going to be biting because of that. I mean, you can't ignore that, a two-year layoff. 
I think he's got. I think he's got religion on on uh, wagering on sports. So I think we've got that covered. What about um, you know, Balky? You love talking about the spreads, like we we've done it with uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy going much higher. And mm-hmm. and I think Ridley probably leads this team in receptions too. But is that their biggest spread between he and Kirk? Is Kirk still a sixth rounder? You're looking right now, Calvin Ridley, I just said 303, wide receiver 15. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 29. He's climbed up to the 5'11 now, Farrell. Okay, yeah. So is is do you guys think that's a serviceable spread? Is that where it should be? I I, I think he catches more than Kirk, but not a lot more than Kirk. Not a lot more, yeah. It's going to be yeah. pretty – I mean, actually, if you want – I mean, the real value is probably Zay Jones, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they played – I, I think it was – I don't know what it was. First team, 16-ish snaps with the first team offense in the week one. And uh, Zay Jones and Ridley were out there in two wide receiver sets for every snap that was a, you know, 12 personnel. And it wasn't Kirk. Now, it it could just be the design of that game. But the fact that they they were just letting Kirk only play the slot in that game says something. Right? Mm-hmm. In terms mm-hmm. of if Kirk's, you know, if his – if his snap share is going to go down even a little, even I'm hesitant even in the fifth round for Kirk now because of just, mm-hmm. you know, you got Ingram, you got Etienne, you got everybody going to get fed. Right? So well, let's, let's stay in that fifth round then because, you know, obviously I'm giving you all the hard questions. And when you when you go to the FFPC tight end, naturally very important, and there's not a more vexing tight end. Uh, in the list of available players than the one at Atlanta, Mr. Kyle Pitts. When we have the Dizzle on the show, kind of missing the Dizzle tonight, Balky. When we have the Dizzle on the show, um, he will um, defend Pitts in his rookie year. And, and a lot of people have given up on Pitts. And a lot of people talk about the quarterback not being able to service the tight end And I th- there. And I think that's foolish. But And I will tell you this, um, the, our situation – with awarding our top five and FFPC bid is, is always been a great thing. It's, it's for people that love the FFPC and it's also for guys that have never played. RA's played many, many years and this, this team's enticing him to come. And you, you told us of the multiple teams you're, you're playing uh, RA. And if anybody asks you after you win, uh, which, which team did you win with? Your answer will be that you won with the team you won in Kentucky. So remember that. This is a very key point to, to say. And, and will you be winning with Pitts on your roster this year? I mean, we're talking fifth-round Pitts in Vegas, yes, right? fifth-round Pitts. You uh, speak what second round pits, Balky? No. Was never first yeah. round pits. Uh, you know, I saw at the back end. Uh, I, I saw the back end of the first round wow. a couple yeah. of years ago with the turn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, fifth round pits in Vegas. Um, am I drinking or not? <laughs> okay, let's, okay. So I, I think will be. when you ask this question back at us, Ra, I assume that pits in the fifth round with a few bourbons in you. Yes, it's fine. It's but probably sober yeah. as 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 all get out water soda. You're not taking them there, right? I think yeah, no no, no um, festivities in the body. I am <laughs> passing on pits in the fifth, I believe. And you know, you, the problem with data and numbers is if, if if you you know if you can understand even a little of them, they they become very depressing for Pitts's outlook, right? So mm-hmm. you know, 
the just the, the run pass ratio, the pace of play, um, just everything. And it's it's hard to pencil out even in tight end premium that that's the right investment. And of course, we all love the talent, right? He's athletic, you know. He's athletic. He's an athletic freak. So until he's unleashed, right? And it's going to be hard. I, I'd say I'm probably targeting different tight ends in 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 the main event draft in pits. I, I just don't think he, I can survive the weeks that you need him to do something. And he goes, you know, two for 27. What are you doing, right? You, you're <laughs> dying with that guy. And it's not his you, fault. It's you would rather story. have uh, Ingram a couple rounds later. I, I don't know about Ingram. I mean, I just know that I, I, I just know that you, you're going to do a, ye- a lot of yelling at the TV when you, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, so. All right. Okay. So look at this tight end um, right now. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Dalton Kincaid, a guy that the Buffalo bills, a prolific offense in the NFL traded up for at the NFL draft to select him in the second round. There's been a lot of buzz, a lot of hubbub about him playing more of a wide receiver position this year than tight end, and he could take over as the number two target um, behind Stephon Diggs and ahead of guys like James Cook, Gabe Davis, and uh, Dawson Knox, Khalil Shakir, whoever it is in Buffalo. Right now, as we look at the drafts, RA, you are looking at Dalton Kincaid now as the tight end 10 at the end of the eighth round. Again, in the FFPC main event, tight end premium. Would you be okay with him there as your number one tight end? Or is he still not one of the tight ends that you would be drafting after fading Pitts? Would you also fade Kincaid? I say, regardless of what plan I went in with and how disciplined I'm going to pretend I'm going to be, if I have no tight ends and I'm in the middle of the eighth round, I'm hitting that button fast for Kincaid. Because mm-hmm. it's just, that's it. I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, you're playing to win anyway. So I'm just going to go with the, uh, training camp hyperbole that he's playing the slot <laughs> and yeah. he's just a big slot receiver you know he's a 23 year old 225 pound slot receiver and and josh allen loves his the size of his you know target and i mean given the disappointing seasons they had from i mean shakir was i mean certainly mckenzie was very disappointing for him but you know shakir i don't know if they believe in him in that regard and mm-hmm. and I can I can kind of buy into why not just roll them out there like that in three wide receiver sets. It Big makes deal. so much sense because you take a team like that, they just need a little tweak. Let's try one thing a little different. Let's try to let, let's move away from the smallish slot receiver who's been there, Cole Beasley for ever since we can remember, and guys yeah. that look like him. And, and I really like Shakir, but this is intriguing um, about this. You know, one of the most entertaining guys that we have that comes to the KFFSC and he's playing numerous teams at planet Hollywood um, there at the FFPC is John Anderson, the ultimate Cleveland Mm -hmm. Browns fan. And, and uh, he, uh, he loves his Browns. uh, It never misses a game halfway through the first quarter last night, he was ready to fire Stefanski. And apparently there was some issue with the kicker situation also in Cleveland. But there's something that none of us can figure out, and I don't know when we're going to say it's a passing grade, it's a failing grade, it's a little bit of both. And I don't really 
I don't really have an idea of my anticipation of his season, but I've drafted him a couple of places, I guess more out of hope than logic. Deshaun Watson, all right. What what's what do you say? What do you think? What do I think? Um I, I know people hate these best ball answers, but I'm gonna go I'm going I'm playing my one best ball card, Bulky, if that's okay. <laughs> Buddy, but it's your show. Over. We're just living through it. That's good. It's, all right. it's yeah. over. We're Let not doing play. that anymore. It's all main event for me. Yeah, no, I'm playing my one time here. And uh, uh yeah, I'm gonna say from a <laughs> drafting and you know, just grabbing some shares of Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson for my mythical best ball portfolio and all those great I I'm fine with drafting him. I can't I can't do it in a in a managed league, I don't mm. think. So um, it's got a good beat. You can dance to it. But, well, you know. in that structure where you know you're talking three weeks in Cleveland weather in January, and that's for all the money. I just can't do the 35 mile an hour winds, and that's my starter. So, right. I mean, I'd love to get there, like anybody. <laughs> you're in the mix in weeks 16, 17, but I just can't do it. I, even even if he's good during the year, I won't regret not drafting him just from that standpoint. And that's not every situation. He is definitely the one player from a looking at the playoff composition of domes, you know, quarterbacks and these matchups and those things. That's the only one that I actually like influences how I'm going to draft in Vegas is I don't want Watson my starter in those three weeks, if I'm fortunate enough to get there. Yes. All right. We have a couple of, uh, of comments coming in in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, we'll start off with Kevin Williamson, the bourbon street baller himself. Uh, he wants to know who you like at Kansas city running back this year. I was talking about somebody today or talking about this with somebody today. And I said, you know, Daenerys Prince is, is interesting late. Um, I, I think the, the shine is starting to weigh off on Pacheco. And then, of course, with Pacheco Hurt, who did the Chiefs start at running back? It's our old friend Clyde Edwards-Alaire <laughs> getting the starter job for, yeah. for the Chiefs in, in, in uh, the first round of the preseason. There's a lot to unpack here. Do you have any kind of feel on this situation? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. So I, I think I'm a little bit different than the – I I don't just keep wanting pieces of a team because that team – does score a lot of points so mm-hmm. I, I don't that's just not my draft philosophy so if anything it's the opposite it's like i actually don't want pieces of that team because i don't know where the concentrated target share is going so i just stay away so if, from a general standpoint am i going to take pacheco mckinnon clyde i mean that would be the ultimate punk move is clyde edwards Lair has a great year right and everybody <laughs> just sitting out there just <laughs> kicking themselves right but yeah. i mean you see that in in I, you just – you really can't – there's no way Andy Reid – that's the bottom line. Andy Reid does not give a rip about his backfield mm-hmm. <laughs> unless the people can't pick up the blitz. That's the only thing, of course. So other than that, he just doesn't care. He simply doesn't care about his running backs. He's not interested. He'll, he'll save McKinnon until we know, till week 10 or 11 when he starts rolling him out there for the yeah, stretch. Yeah, that's and, right. But I – I, I I luck boxed into McKinnon last year on my KFFSC team, and that was great. And he had the that one game where I don't even know what it was. He seemed to get a touchdown every time he caught a pass, right? And that was 
if anything, because of that, I'm almost like, oh, that's not happening. Lightning ain't striking twice, right? So, <laughs> so you know, I'm out on the, you know, the 43-year-old McKinnon probably too. 43. Um, what do you have against 43-year-olds? I'm 43. <laughs> oh, sorry. But you know what? I could, but here's the thing, all right. I, I, Jared McKinnon could run laps and, and circles around me on the football field. So I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, maybe you should take this as a compliment. We have another YouTube uh, uh, question for you tonight. This is Buccaneer Bry or Buccaneer Bree. I apologize, Buccaneer Bry slash Bree. Uh, he wants to know, or she, Michael Thomas, your thoughts on him this year. Wide receiver 42 at the 805. He is being drafted behind Jahan Dotson, Zay Flowers, and Brandon Cooks, R.A., but he's ahead of Sutton, Elijah Moore, and Sky Moore. Um, is there more to love with Michael Thomas ahead of uh, Elijah and Sky there? What are your thoughts on on the Saints? Effectively, they're number two receiver. Effectively, they're number two. Yeah, I'm, you know, I think there's a lot of optimism now, more so, like tangibly real optimism that Thomas is actually healthy, um, even though he refuses to say he's 100% for whatever reason. Um, but, the the receivers you listed there, I just know because I've been you, you you get faced with the same bucket of people and you want to take a receiver in the best ball. It's the same thing, and I mean I click Dotson every time. I click yeah. Zay Flowers every time. I click I forget the other name you had there, and I I just even even Sutton now, right? Right. Obviously, with the Tim Patrick thing, Sutton started moving up the board, but I think it's more than that. He they. You know, you read a little more about Sutton. There's a lot of positive stuff about his weight, his quickness on the field now. And it's like if you want to just buy in a tiny bit, you're saying, okay, that's a that's a pretty good value for what Corton Sutton was just two years ago, right? And he's not over the hill age wise. So all of those people I'm probably still leaning over Thomas, even though it wouldn't surprise me if Thomas, as you say, is the number two receiver with Olave there, the two of them. And the way Carr likes to work that part of the field, I can easily see them both having solid year. Obviously, we all think Lobby is going to be solid, but yeah, I could totally see with little target competition realistically in New Orleans, Thomas should be fine. And the other thing too is the draft capital, wide receiver forty-two. You, yeah. You're not breaking your draft no. to get him on your. No, team. I, I would have done that four rounds earlier. <laughs> um, another uh, question from the YouTube chat. Our, our good buddy Dominic Gazzetti, he wants to know your Eagles backfield take. And, and I'll tell you this too, uh, RA, this has tightened up over the last, you know, even may, maybe since we did our last show on, on last Friday night, you're looking at DeAndre Swift at the end of the seventh round, uh, running back 29. And then Rashad Penny goes about two and a half rounds later at the 10.06 as running back 39. But look who's creeping up. And that's Kenneth Gainwell, running back 44. He's basically a half round behind Rashad Penny right now. Do you have a strong take on the Eagles running back situation, given that that is where they're going in the main event in the FFPC right now? So I, so I lied, and I'm going to play my second best ball card. And <laughs> I loved taking Gainwell <laughs> for the last four months in the 14th, 15th round, right? And now he's getting steamed up, as you say, like – 11th round now mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and yeah you know pumping the brakes on that of course a little but i love gainwell so it's also hard for me to quit him so it's 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 a disease mostly um, <laughs> but and you talk about the the time 
that it takes to manage a team and, and your the, the time that you put into fantasy football. I can just see that Gainwell would just just drain your how many how many times you would think about when when do I when do I pull that Gainwell uh, into the lineup when do I hit that button and uh, yeah I, that's just a Sunday morning headache I wouldn't want yeah I'm I'm in, I'm 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 in I'm a buyer on Swift though this year I'm I'm resorting to just when when you don't really know the answer let's just take the easy path and say I'll take the PPR guy in the backfield mm-hmm. and in this case. I'm just going to take. I'm going to. I'm going to first of all trust the bona fide talent that Swift is. Now, all those things going on in Detroit were really kind of hard to, you know, really figure out. Truthfully, you probably had to be in the locker room to really know what that was going on. <clears throat> and it, it was towards the end of last year when they were making the playoff push. You could see his snaps were going up every week, and it just told you that ultimately. They believed in the talent. There was always something else going on in Detroit. And yeah. it's hard to figure out and pinpoint. But I kind of I, I kind of like Swift. I kind of like it in Philly. I sort of like the whole, you know, obviously the, their spread offense and everything with Hurts. And I just think there's just going to be opportunities for Swift to make big plays. And that's really, you know, if you're drafting a seventh-round running back or whatever, and he makes a few big plays every third week, you love it. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. That like I'm with you on Gainwell, um, uh, for sure. Uh, when, when we talk about him, I'm also with you on um, a lot of the stuff you're saying tonight. All right, I actually now that I think about it. I hope you and I are not in a lot of leagues uh, next weekend in Louisville because I think that this could be bad. Or maybe I'll just pick up the other. No, end of the draft man, we we always draft in one together. It's half. I, I, well, here's the thing: if we're drafting on one together, you pick the 12 spot. I'll pick the one, just so I can be as far away from you as possible. I'm willing to spend my free agent dollars to make sure I don't have to draft next to you Stop. because I don't, I don't feel great about it, but we'll see. Uh, anytime we get the tangle with the defending champion, I always go with trepidation, but there's always a lot of fun in drafting with you as well. Uh, I am fresh out of questions. Uh, Farrell, do you have one more for Mr. Marino? Um, a regular question. Um, and I think it would be fantastic. Illuminating answer. R.A., uh, you can't use a guy we've talked about previously, and we've talked about a lot of players. Yep. So I want to hear the guy that you absolutely love, that you cannot live without, that you will target in every draft. And I want to hear that guy that you're completely going to stay away from. Uh, you, I think you were uh, bordering that on pits, so, but we got to find another one. Is there that kind of player that you can share with us, the guy that's going to make your team every time you draft, and the guy that you wouldn't touch, even with one of both. I should know. I should be prepared for this question. That's ridiculous. <laughs> huh? Well, um, hold on, hold on. Before you answer it, Ari, yeah. just curious. Like as as a nor- like as you go into normal KFFSC drafts, uh, do you have a set list of players? Like you kind of know where they're going, and and you're like, oh my god, I got I got to hammer this guy, or I got to stay away from this guy. Do you ever do that, or or oh, is, uh, is is this a, like a fluid kind of list for you? Uh, it's funny. I'm. I am the anti of the normal. I let the draft flow or fall to me, and I grab oh, value. Well, that's and not you. I, I don't ever. <laughs> I don't ever go into a draft. On, I, you know, Balky. It's. It, it, do you want me to filibuster here for thirty seconds, or you can filibuster? You can give us an answer. All right, you are the defending champ of Kentucky. Okay, it's so whatever you want to do, you don't have to ask my permission. Everybody's very excited to quote grab value, and mm-hmm. I'm always. 
intrigued by the, the, the position and the philosophy of that because it's just today's perception, right? Two months later, that same draft, that same player is going four rounds later. How did that value work out? So <laughs> it, it's just interesting because I don't do that. So I, I go in with very much a set list of players that are in my pool that I want to yeah. draft. And I don't worry about if you go look at Mojo, there's always the standard deviation. Somebody's their ADP there. They fall around. Right depending on the draft, right? So you can expect somebody who goes in the mid sixth is going to be there in the mid seventh in some draft in Vegas and what, whatever. Uh, if I don't like that player in the sixth, I'm not drafting him in the seventh. Right. And that's just how I draft. I don't care about somebody quote falling around. It doesn't influence. I have my players. And of course you have to have enough of a player pool to be able to draft where you're not reaching three rounds naturally. But those are the guys, those are the things. The whole point is, is I, I don't want to pick, I don't want to draft a team that, uh, you know, I want to draft a team that you have to, in 5,000 teams, you have to draft like you're right. Mm. You can't draft what falls to you. You're not going to, we all know you're only going to be right maybe 50% of the time. So at best, yeah. At best, right? So you might, you have to take the approach. I'm in a contest of that size. So I'm speaking Vegas you have to go in with the mindset I'm drafting the from this pool and I'm going to be right. And that's the mm -hmm. only way to do it. Otherwise you're just not embracing the game theory realities of 5,000 teams. So I, I just, I don't care if somebody falls around, if that is a long winded answer. <laughs> long winded, but correct answer in how to go get your guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I always like too. I mean, like, especially, especially in Vegas when like, obviously you're not because you're one your way in, but for the majority of the people ponying up, you know, a four figure entry fee or whatever, like, like you should be getting your guys, you should be drafting the guys that a, you want to root for during the season, but B give you the best shot. And maybe I flip, flip these around. I should have it a, the guys who can win a million bucks and then be the guys you want to root for throughout the course of the season. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and I've heard both schools of thought on this. I think there's merit to both, but I think you defended your, your cause uh, well tonight, go out and get the guys that you believe. If you believe that you are, you know, smarter than the other 11 people or understand the game better than 11 no, other no, people, no. or just understand the game in general. All right. Right. Mm -hmm. Just understand fantasy football in general, be strong to your convictions and grab those guys where they are going in, in the yeah. draft. And and I guess maybe not smarter than the other people in your league, no, no, but me. just but no. staying true to yourself, right? And in classic Ari Marino style, he, you notice how he avoided the question. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, uh. <laughs> That's so classic. So, you know, I'm going to answer the, let me answer so the easy one, Ed, because it's, it, it's, it would be love. near and dear to your heart. I, I am going to be fading. I'll give you more than one, right? So I'll just fade yeah, Monte Adams and Jacobs. No problem. I, I'm not interested. Ooh, my goodness. Farrell, be still your beating heart. <laughs> He's fading Adams and Jacobs. My goodness. I, no, I, there's, there's, I, you know, I just Adams don't like going... I don't like what's happening. In yeah, Vegas. exactly. And yeah, I, Adams is going very high and Jacobs mm -hmm. is unavailable. So uh, that just, doesn't surprise me. So it's not a hard decision to fade those guys. And I know that's not really – unique i'm sure a lot of drafters in vegas mm -hmm. will be fading certainly jacobs mm -hmm. and you know maybe people have concerns about garoppolo and you know in the raiders situation one little thing goes wrong that you know it looks like it could be a get pretty ugly in vegas pretty quick this season if 
things don't start well. So I'll be fading those two, you know. Is, then, is it? Go ahead. Go. No, I was just going to say, I, I was trying to think of a place. It's crazy. The one can question. I can't. I can, you know, um, <laughs> right now, I, I, so many people, I was going to give you actually, you know, late round because of tight end premium, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be unique and say, oh, you know, I'm really into these, some of these late round tight ends. And then of course, um, you know, what's his name? Just sick. He separates his shoulder and mm -hmm. Henry probably steamed up four rounds in a week. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I'm going to, you know, forget that low hanging fruit, but if, if I can grab, J.K. Dobbins in the sixth round. Okay, I'm, where is he going on Mojo? Right. Uh, right now, the Mojo in the FFPC main event over the last five days has him as running back twenty-three at the end of the sixth round. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine with gobbling up Dobbins in the sixth. I'm good with that. I probably, yeah, I could see myself. It'd be hard for me not to hit his name when I'm in that position. If I'm in that position, yeah. It is also going to be very hard for me not to engage you in conversation again a week from today, RA, or maybe eight days. Or I don't know. When do you get to Kentucky uh, this coming weekend? Uh, Friday evening. Always, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll see you Friday evening, but for sure I'll see you Saturday. Uh, no yeah. question. And and we'll rehash this. And I will ask you to give me your secret sleepers uh, off air. And off then air. you can tell me. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, my apologies to the HSFF you know, viewers. We can only get so much out of these champions tonight. But I already gave you a lot. I'm going to give you a discount. Like same, my, same with my clients. I'm going to give you the same, <laughs> same discounted rate. Yeah. It, 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 it is the discounted rate like like I buy us a couple of bourbons. Is is that the rate that we're looking no, at? No, here? no, no. I'm buying no? bulky. I'm okay. Bulky. All right. Well, this, yeah. listen, I'm getting the sleepers and the best of Kentucky as far yeah. as spirits goes. I'm winning yeah, this, this coming weekend. All right. Congratulations on your big win in the KFFSC main event uh, last uh, last year. I will look forward to your coronation on Saturday night. That's always fun to, to see a, a new champion crown, and it will be a very deserving champion this year in you. Um, again, if we're in the same draft, let's try to go on opposite ends, okay? We'll I don't do want to be hanging out with you in the middle or anything like that. Um, we'll hang out. We'll talk during the breaks, but I don't want to be drafting next to you. All right, thank you so much for carving out some time uh, tonight on your Friday evening. Be good, and we'll see you next weekend, dude. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Farrell. Thank you. All right. See you guys. All right, Marino, thank you so much. Uh, what, a, what a great guy. What a, what a fun time interviewing him tonight. The champion, the defending we, champion of the 2022 KFFSC event. We, we, we could have done a two-hour show. We got so much. I, I was thinking that, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, we could have we could have gone deeper. And I feel like we could have worn R.A. down more. Like, all right, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I actually. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know? very forthcoming. And, yeah. uh, you know, that is always the way he, he is. And he's just. He's just a fantastic ambassador for our league. You know, Balky, we led with the um, the division, you know, one little online division that we're trying to sell in the KFFSC mm -hmm. tomorrow night, the curl route. Maybe there's an air of desperation to my voice because, you know, we started needing seven when the show is over. We still need seven. I, Dominique Gazzetti, I don't know yep. why Dominique doesn't job. You know, yeah. you know I mean, Ron Meyer is – you know, Dicker the kicker is probably available for Ron Meyer. And, and, you know, I'm just saying, Bob. You know, Cameron Dicker is available in tomorrow's curl route in the KFFSC main event. He is available right now. All you got to do is sign up. Make sure you're doing that at KFFSC.com. Not only the curl route, but plenty more uh, main event drafts coming up in there. Curl route closest to filling right now. So I encourage you, everybody, 
uh, to draft there. And obviously, there's a lot of red in the KFFSC live stuff in Louisville next weekend. And Farrell, congratulations. Everything in Cincinnati on Sunday looks like it's sold out. You know, it is. Cincinnati's a lot of fun. And uh, this will be our, oh gosh, I've lost track of how many years we've been at the Hard Rock. It's a one-day event. It services some guys in Cincinnati. And then that eventually, I hope, will join us uh, both weekends back-to-back. We have a lot of guys from Louisville and the Ohio area that will come in for that draft um, as and then uh, show up in, in Louisville the following weekend. So it's truly a draft week, Balky. When we get started Sunday, it's a very, very fun week for the next couple of weeks online and live. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm totally stoked. We're going to be broadcasting the show live next week. Uh, then I get the auction, Midnight Madness, and then a huge drafting weekend for me, Saturday and Sunday. It is the highlight of my drafting season. It should be the highlight of everybody else's drafting season as well. Join us live in Louisville, or if you can't, join us online, kffsc.com. Farrell, be good. I will see you next weekend, my friend. But I'm looking forward to that reveal. Absolutely. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Errol Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Uh, Check out his contest, kffsc.com, at kffsc official on Twitter. Uh, A lot of good stuff going on there right now. Again, this is not something, you know me, I don't don't sell on this show. Like, I, I am not trying to sell you on kffsc. I'm just telling you, I have a great time every single time. I go down to Louisville uh, every year and even drafting online. Um, made a lot of friends there. Hung out with a lot of cool people and uh, friends that that uh, that will be friends for life for, uh, there. And I didn't really try. It just happened. Like you just you meet like-minded people there. It's such a great time. So check it out, kffsc.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the, the home stretch of the show tonight. I want to thank R.A. Marino. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Next week, we'll be going on at a special time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, live from Caesars Hotel and Casino at the 2023 KFFSC live events. Uh, it'll be myself and special guest co-host. You know her. She's been on this show before. Multi-league KFFSC champ and co-host of the Fantasy in Frames podcast, Miss Stacy Perez will be joining me tonight. We'll also, or uh, next week, I should say, we'll also be revealing the FFPC hype guy next week, which I know is a highlight for many of you. It's always been a highlight of our show. And then we'll basically going on a two-week hiatus. We'll resume after the NFL season starts. So next week is, is sort of our, our last hurrah in drafting season, myself and Stacy Perez. In case you missed it, you can watch last night's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on any of their social media, any of the FFPC social media. It was me and Andrew Cooper from Fantasy Alarm, the tight end whisperer, the second tight end whisperer. There's a lot of tight end whisperers over at Fantasy Alarm, so you should subscribe to everything that they're do- producing over there. But Andrew Cooper revealed some good stuff last night about a guy, uh, a couple of guys who are being drafted outside of the top 12 in uh, in the FFPC right now as far as tight ends go. That could be top five at the end of the season. We will go live again this Thursday at 7, 6 Central. We will go live on this YouTube channel Sunday night. I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe it is 7 p.m. Eastern time. Dave Tripoli and Aiden LaCory with, again, live FFPC main event coverage. You can watch that at 7 p.m. Eastern time Sunday night. We'll go live at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Tuesday night for live Fantasy Pros uh, draft coverage. Um, and, uh, and then we'll be back here with the high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network, as well as the FFPC social channels at 7 PM on Thursday, win $1 million in the fantasy pros championship this year. In fact, you can do it tonight. We have, um, one midnight draft filled. We are looking at filling out another. It is going fast. All of a sudden, 
I didn't even realize that we were filling a second one 10 minutes ago, and we already have three teams signed up for it. That goes off in about 40 minutes, so make sure you're signing up for that. Uh, and you can draft and maybe win, draft a million-dollar winning team tonight in the Fantasy Pros Championship at myffpc.com. Uh, you can also win a million dollars in the FFPC main event. We have drafts starting at, uh, I believe, um, 1 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time. So check that out, myffpc.com. Two separate $1 million grand prizes could be at your fingertips when you draft this weekend. Uh, we only got 23 days of drafting left before the NFL season starts. So um, what are you waiting for? Uh, I don't know, but you need to be drafting now. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video. Uh, of course, share this video with your friends and frenemies. And of course, get notified anytime we go live. The next time will be Sunday evening as well. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it. And I will see you live in Louisville next Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Be good, everybody. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Should mention, too, um, that uh, not only will we have another midnight draft tonight, if that does fill up, and I think it's going to, uh, we may or may not have a 12.30 or a 1 a.m. draft tonight with the Fantasy Pros Championship at myffpc.com. And there are, I don't know, 11 or 12, I think 12 draft times available for you if you're drafting the FFPC main event this weekend. So take advantage of that. Uh, Fantasy Pros Championships will resume tomorrow morning at a bright and early, 11 a.m. Well, not bright and early, but 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yours truly will be in the draft room for that. And don't forget about the KFFSC kffsc.com the curl route goes live tomorrow night at 9 p.m eastern time still a few spots left in that make sure you're signing up for that thank you so much for watching everybody i will see you in louisville next week